Well, welcome again to Current. My name is David. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, we're so glad you could join us. I'm excited today to kick off a new teaching series we're calling Rhythms for Life. And the whole idea behind it is that we're all trying to cope right now in the midst of isolation, trying to figure out what new normal looks like for us. And I think with all the distractions coming at us from every which way, many of us are trying to rethink daily habits and how to go about our lives. I think we think about this practically, but I think we also think about this spiritually. And so in this series, series, Rhythms for Life, we're going to be exploring some of the spiritual practices that can help transform our lives. And the hope really is, is not to just establish life rhythms for here and now to help us through COVID-19, but to establish life rhythms that can help us the rest of our lives. Because none of us would have wished upon us or society COVID-19. I mean, there's no way, of course. But couldn't it be seen as a gift if we came out on the other side better and stronger and more grounded in our relationships with God? Um, I'm looking forward to going through life's rhythms, uh, uh, rhythms for life with you. And today we're going to kick that off with the spiritual practice of prayer. It probably comes as very little surprise to hear that a lot of people right now are thinking about prayer, trying to figure out what it is, what it, what it could look like in their lives. In fact, there's an associate professor in Copenhagen that did some research and found that for every 80,000 new cases of COVID-19, the Google search for prayer more than doubles, which is to say that in crisis, there's an instinct to prayer. To, to, to pray. So what does prayer look like in our lives? Uh, what, what, could it, what could it be? How, how, how could we go about praying? Well, to answer these questions uh, and, and to consider this spiritual practice of prayer, I want to look at Jesus' example of prayer, how he modeled prayer, the importance of prayer in his life, and the power of prayer in his life. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 39 through, uh, excuse me, 35 through 39. Uh, Mark chapter 1, 35 through 39, but I actually want to start reading in verse 29 to set the scene. As soon as they left the synagogue, it says, that is, Jesus and a few of his followers, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. All right, well, how did Jesus model praying for us? Well, first of all, we see that he slowed down to pray. He slowed down. Uh, any of you struggling with slowing down right now? I mean, isn't it a bit ironic that we're in the midst of a lockdown? We're all isolated in our homes, and yet in many respects, it, anything, it's harder to slow down. 
Um, a lot of people are, are, are more busy than ever before today, whether it has to do with work, whether it has to do with watching little kids at home or whatever, or the, all the dis- different distractions that can come up in life in this season. A lot of us are busy, if not more busy. And so it's really important to note here that Jesus was busy. I think so often we can read texts like these and we can just kind of subconsciously think, well, of course Jesus got off to pray. I mean, he's Jesus. But also he didn't have the, the modern day lifestyle. I mean, he doesn't have that kind of, I don't have the, the time that he has. And yet, if anything, Jesus was more busy than you or I am. Uh, look again at verse 33. It says, the whole town gathered at the door. I mean, how would you do if the whole town showed up at your place looking for your attention, for your care? I mean, I, and Jesus spent time with each of these people individually. He had an incredibly long night. And yet early in the morning, verse 35, we're told, while it was still dark, he got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus was too busy not to pray. In fact, we ought to let life's pressures and busyness drive us towards prayer, not from it. Friends, some of you, this is what you need to hear most today, perhaps. And that is just permission or even the encouragement or exhortation to find some time to slow down. To slow down and, and, and pray and commune with God in prayer. Now, I realize, uh, you know, with shelter in place, we can't get away off into the wilderness as, as Jesus did here in this text, uh, you know, social distancing and all that. But the principle is clear. We need to figure this out. Uh, Jesus is modeling for us that we need to slow down to pray. And a couple of thoughts, I think, uh, would be helpful for us to consider as we think how we can go about doing this. Number one, we need to, we need to unplug. If we're going to slow down and pray, first we need to think about unplugging. Now, Jesus, of course, literally wasn't unplugging, um, but he got away. He removed himself from distractions. I don't know about you, if you happen to be watching this, uh, this service on your phone or you have uh, a smartphone in your, your pocket, I don't know about you, but that little device is pinging me constantly. I mean, it seems like every three to five minutes at least, I'm getting some sort of little message or it pings me in some way, form, or fashion. I mean, we have so many distractions coming at us, whether it's our phones, whether it's people in our lives, especially right now when we're all cooped up together, if it's roommates or family members or whatever it might be. But we need to find a place to unplug for a little time and spend some time with God in prayer. Uh, Removing distractions can be one of the most freeing things for us. Some of us never remove ourselves from distractions at all. Uh, But removing ourselves from distractions, including good distractions from time to time, such as loved ones, uh, can be really helpful. Now, don't be a jerk about it. I mean, you know, just, well, the pastor told me to go go off and pray, and I'm just going to leave you here at home with the kids or whatever it might be. I go, no. No, but we need to find a way to unplug. In fact, what could that look like for you? So for me and Cindy, often how we do this is to go on, on walks, put on our little masks. We make sure we're far enough away from other people, but we go off on walks. For me, that's really a helpful way to unplug. I'll, I'll even put my phone on Do Not Disturb so that only emergency calls can get through. And there's something, for me at least, that walking along houses down a little route allows my mind to just, it just removes the distractions for me. And so I'll spend some time while I'm out on that walk in prayer, talking with the Lord, working things over. And that has been really meaningful and and helpful for me to slow down my soul before the Lord. 
Um, maybe it's early in the morning before the day starts, uh, like Jesus, um, th- that would help you. Note here that it doesn't say you have to, therefore, now go out early in the morning. There's no place in the Bible that says you, thou, shall go out early in the morning. It doesn't say that. This is just a description of how Jesus did it. There's other places where he went out in the evening time. Find a time that works for you. If, if you're a night owl, maybe you can carve out a few minutes before you go to sleep. Just don't do it while your head's on the pillow. I've tried that. I always <laughs> fall asleep. Find a way to unplug. Can you, can you unplug? The second thing I think Jesus shows us in terms of how we can slow down is we need to be intentional about it. I mean, clearly Jesus is intentional about this time uh, of prayer. I've heard it said that the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. Um, prayer was a priority to Jesus. It was a main thing in his life. In fact, in Luke chapter 5, we're told that Jesus, Jesus often withdrew to pray. Uh, it was a habit built into his life. It was a life rhythm, a routine. And so it was something that he found time to do. He was intentional about it. We need to be intentional about it. Are there ways that you can be intentional about it? For example, like I said, going on a walk or finding some time in, in your place where you can, you can slow down, remove yourself from distractions. That's the first thing that Jesus models for us, that we need to slow down to pray. The second thing he shows us is that he, he grounded himself through prayer. Verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for Jesus, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else. Uh, Isn't that interesting? Isn't this a a profound interaction? Because Jesus, here in Mark chapter 1, when things are just getting going, is already taking off. The ministry you know, his influence is just taking off. And here are his fishermen disciples who are just really excited about that. They're just like, this is amazing. We get to be a part of this guy and what he's doing. And it's already just incredible. And we're just a few weeks into this. And so they, you know, after a long night themselves, when they wake up, they're excited. They look for Jesus. He's not there sleeping where they, they had left him the night before. And so they go off looking for him. In fact, in the original language, it actually says they, they, were, they were hunting for him. They were trying to track him down. And when they find him, they essentially say to him, Jesus, what are you, what are you doing praying out here? I mean, don't you realize we got to get back to the crowds. You're wanted. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Let's go somewhere else. Isn't that a profound thought? What's happening here? Uh, why would he say that? And what is the role of prayer in this? You know, it's interesting, in the book of Mark, while, while Jesus goes off and prays often, and all the, the gospel writers tell us that, in the book of Mark, we only have two other times that Mark at least records Jesus going off and praying. And in each of those two circumstances, it was in the midst of crisis, which makes sense. I mean, Jesus was in the midst of crisis, facing crisis, so he felt like he needed to go off and pray. That's also true in this situation. Do you see it? The crisis that Jesus was facing here, Jesus was facing the crisis of inner temptation to bask in the accomplishment of all, of it all, in the success, in the people loving him and just wanting him to stay there. Jesus was tempted to just stay there and remain there. And if that had happened, the gospel would have remained there with him. Certainly his disciples wanted him to just really relish in it, but he said, no, no, we need to move on. We don't know what Jesus prayed here in Mark 1, but we do know that his prayer grounded him in his relationship with his heavenly Father. 
That's what prayer can do for you and for me, friends. Uh, When we experience the lows of life, prayer can ground us. Father, I just need your help. I'm just experiencing these things in my life, and it's so hard. I need your promises. I need your comfort. I need your provision. Would you draw near to me? Prayer can draw us near to Him and ground us in Him during life's lows, but it can also ground us in the midst of life's highs. And you know what? It's sometimes in the midst of highs, of the highs of life, that we most need to be grounded in God. Do you see that? For instance, any of you struggle with, you know, letting success go to your head or a claim or accomplishment? Or do any of you struggle? Do any of you feel like you might be susceptible to struggling with those things. If none of us are, are, are saying, yeah, that, that could easily be me, I, I would say we need to beware because you don't have to live in the Silicon Valley in this culture to know that success, acclaim, accomplishment can easily go to our heads without our even knowing it. But prayer can ground us in the highs of life too. How is that? Well, prayer is not just going to God with a laundry list of needs. God wants us to go to him with our needs. And he, he wants us to bring our, our, our cares and, and the different things that we're facing and, and to, to come with the, to him with our needs. But prayer is also coming to him with thanksgiving. Uh, listen to Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we come to the Lord in life's highs in prayer, it can ground us. How is that? By thanking the Lord, by bringing to the Lord everything with a heart of gratitude. For instance, Father, thank you so much for this promotion I got at work. Thank you so much for this project that just went really well. You know, I just want to pause and say thank you because I recognize all good things in life are from you. And the fact of the matter is, it's not because of me that that happened. It's because of your working in my life. And these things are happening in my life, I realize, for the, for the betterment of others. So would you help me steward the things that you've done in me and through me for the sake of others? Prayer grounds us in the lows of life, in the highs of life. So we need to go to the Lord in prayer. It slows us down. It grounds us. And finally, Jesus modeled for us to pray that it, it reconnected him to his purpose. Uh, Jesus reconnected to his purpose in prayer. Verse 30, 37 again says, His disciples exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Jesus' purpose was to preach specifically the gospel or the good news. That is why I have come, he said. That was is his purpose, which is amazing to think about. Because you and I could probably make great case for why he probably should have stayed there, Jesus. You're having an incredible impact in that community. That whole town is interested. There's a harvest to be to, to, to reap there. Why stay there? Why would you leave? But Jesus, in prayer, being the pivotal point here, helped reconnect himself to the purpose that his heavenly Father had for him, and that was not to just preach the gospel there in that town, but to take the gospel to others further beyond him then. Um, Prayer 
helps you and me reconnect to our purpose or maybe connect to our purpose to begin with. Because prayer is not just something we go to God and receive blessing and comfort and provision uh, for ourselves. No, it connects us to our Heavenly Father who not only loves us but wants to love through us and calls us into that, calls us into helping those around us physically, tangibly meeting needs, but mainly helping point them to the gospel. That is the good news of Jesus. What is that good news? When Jesus said, this is why I have come, our English translation doesn't carry the full force of that. You know, the verb kind of sounds in our English ears, of course, that he came from over, over there, like just, just over there. But actually when Jesus said it, it had the connotation of coming from beyond. This is why I came from, beyond, from, from heaven. This is why I came to earth, uh, to live the life that you couldn't live and to die the death that you deserve because of your sin, because of my sin, because of all the things that we do and live life that are they're hurtful to God, hurtful to others, hurtful to ourselves, that if we recognize, we do all too often um, and more than we care to admit. Jesus came to die on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, that when we put our faith in him and receive what he did for us on the cross, he gives us life in his name forevermore. And what's This all means is we now have access through Jesus and what he did for us on the cross to our Heavenly Father in personal relationship, which means Jesus not only modeled for us prayer here, he made the way possible for us to pray to him to begin with. A prayer at the end of the day is not just some mystical experience that you know helps us be more whole and complete. Um, it, it does wonderful things in our lives to that effect. But ultimately, first and foremost, the power of prayer is it connects us to our Heavenly Father in personal relationship. It connects us to our Heavenly Father who loves us and can't wait to hear from us. Uh, my hope in the midst of all of this in the midst of isolation, while we're all trying to figure out new rhythms in this new normal, that we could establish a life rhythm of prayer in order to slow down our spirits, in order to ground us in the Lord, and in order to connect or reconnect us to God's purpose in our lives, even in, especially in this season. And I want to encourage us all to think about it in this way. Just like a jogger, a casual jogger wouldn't just go out the next day and be like, all right, I'm just going to go run a marathon now. I mean, that would be, that would be ridiculous. It's the same way I want to think about this. It, just, what is the next step you can take when it comes to establishing prayer as a life rhythm? Maybe you've never prayed at all. I mean, your next step is just is to pray, just to go to the Lord the few moments, few sentences, maybe a few minutes in prayer. Maybe try a prayer walk, like, like I mentioned. You don't have to close your eyes. Don't run into anything out there. Just pray to the Lord. Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for all the things that you're doing in my life. It's, I just want to bring something that I'm really thinking about right now. You know, it's hard at home with all the stresses. and Just take your day or what you're feeling to the Lord in prayer. Ask for his help and need. If you've never prayed before, maybe, maybe your next step is to pray. And then if you, ha- if you have prayer, you do pray, maybe you could establish more of a routine or rhythm of prayer. And maybe what that would look like is, is finding a time in, in the week or maybe even the day, whatever works for you, where you take a few minutes 
and and you just take some time to the Lord and pray. You could go out on a walk. You could do it in the morning before you check your news on your phone. You could do it at night before you go to sleep, but finding and establishing a rhythm in your life. Uh, my hope is that this wouldn't be something that is discouraging, um, that, that we feel guilty upon. No, we feel guilty about because we can't quite do that. No, it's just to take the next day, step into this wonderful invitation that the Lord's made possible for us to reconnect, to connect with our Heavenly Father who loves us in prayer and establish this spiritual rhythm in our life that can not only transform us now in the midst of COVID-19 and isolation, but transform us for the rest of our lives. Uh, let's, let's go now to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much that uh, you not only uh, made it possible for us to come to you in prayer, you, you modeled prayer for us. Um, Lord, I, I pray that no one would be discouraged or feel guilty by any of this, but rather see the, the wonderful and beautiful freeing invitation to take a next step in building a rhythm of prayer in their lives. Uh, I pray that you would help us be people of prayer, a church of, of prayers. Um, would you help slow down our hearts and souls, and would you ground us in you, and your love, and would you help us see the purpose you have given us to share the gospel with those around us. We pray all this in Jesus' name.